0: Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anybody experienced the joy of the gospel and then lost it? Two of us? Three? Four? I'll just wait. No, no, no. And anybody lost it and couldn't figure out how in the world you could ever find it again? Yeah? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's amazing when you experience the power and the love of God and the ease of the gospel. You're like, I'll never forget. This is easy. Why would I ever do it any other way? And next thing you know, you're chewing gravel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Self-effort. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I, I realized is that... The more I read Paul's writings, the epistles in the New Testament, the more I realize is we've gotten it all wrong. And when I say we, I mean me. I don't know about you. And what I mean is, anybody read the Bible like this, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm struggling with this sin. What does the Bible say about this sin? Who's been? Or what does God say about marriage? Or what So a lot of times people are like, oh, we need signs and wonders. What does Paul say about supernatural gifts? What I would submit to you is everything Paul says is simply to display the gospel in every single sphere of life. And if he accidentally talks about signs and wonders, it's because he's revealing the gospel. He's not trying to give us a three-step program to cause heaven to come to earth. By me- all means, what he's saying is, if you are seated in heavenly places in Christ, if you have been united with Christ, out of you should probably come the fruit of heaven and it should not look like earth. You know, I, just it's, my science geeks will appreciate this, the rest of you can just not listen for a second, um, but I, I, I saw a, uh, a, um, uh, an image of this. Um, So the crazy thing is, I didn't realize this, is sharks, stay with me, sharks, they actually didn't know what the inside of a shark looked like. Do you know why? Because every time they got a shark, they cut it open. And when they cut it open, the insides collapsed. And they didn't actually know what the inside of a shark looked like. So they would dice it and they would slice it and they would freeze it. But they didn't actually know what the inside of a shark looked like until they, this last year, did a CAT scan of a shark and they discovered it has the most amazing, intricate digestive system, and this is where you guys will geek out with me, that actually forms a test valve. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How cool is that? But they never knew of this incredible, beautiful complexity till they saw it as a whole. The gospel is the whole. When we slice it and dice it to deal with specific problems, we lose the gospel. Because the gospel is simply this, that you have been brought out of, remember verse 13, he has rescued us, his mighty hand, out of the kingdom, the dominion, the domination, control of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Is that good news? He's done it all. We sing it, he's done it all. You know, but, oh, mm, 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 all, right, all right, okay, guys. So, so listen, what did that verse say? It said, it said he's brought us out of the dominion, Of what? Darkness. Remember, we talked about this. Darkness is not a thing. No matter how afraid I was of it for the first 30 years of my life. I'm not joking. I was afraid of the dark for the first 30 years of my life. No matter, darkness is not a thing. It is an absence of light. And so that's why he says in verse 12, it's the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light, right? Or of what? Verse 13, the son, which son? Of the son he loves. So listen, there. so we have these two things. We have dominion, elsewhere it's called the kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And you and I, when Christ came on the cross, what did he do? He rescued us from what? Darkness. He took us out of darkness. He grabbed a hold of us. And he took us and put us where? Into the kingdom of the son he loves, right? Of light. Imagine that's pink light, I don't know. Anyway, light, he brought us into the kingdom of light. And the next verses, we're gonna run through. This is just review, and the reason we do review is the Bible is not broken out in chunks, it's a whole. All right, so stay with me. We're gonna run through this, you guys ready? Verse 15. See, the son, what kind of a kingdom it is, is determined by the person. If you and I look at God and we see someone who's mad, who's ticked off, who's who's disappointed and frustrated with us, we haven't seen God. He is a father who loves us, pursues us. When the prodigal son comes back completely covered in excrement of his own and of the animals, of his own pathetic efforts, guess what the father does? He runs to him and grabs him listen, this is the father, this is the kind of kingdom. And he says, listen, he's the firstborn over all creation. Why is this important? Because so often what we're gonna see a list of things is that you need, we talked about this last time that so often people make it about levels. In Orthodox Christianity, there's a thing called Jacob's ladder where they would use this called the prayer of Jesus to attempt to ascend to heaven, to ascend to perfection listen what happens is he's trying to say all the levels have been dealt with you passed go you collected two hundred dollars you have been brought up into christ so verse 16 for in him all things were created things in heaven things on earth whether visible or invisible does that seem pretty comprehensive whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. Why is he doing this? Anybody here, you've been having great time with Jesus and ah, and then they said, oh, have you managed to get to the 14th heaven yet? Oh, do you know this revelation? Oh, have you memorized the Bible in the Hebrew? No, anybody? Anybody here, you were doing well and they said, ooh, if you don't know this, you might miss it. There's a one thing you need to know. The Lord has constantly driven this home to me. If you and I need 20th century psychology or 20th century technology to explain the gospel, we missed it. Because the gospel should be intelligent to a Neolithic tribal member in Papua New Guinea. And it should be able to be lived out. If you and I have to do something that they could never do, it's not the gospel. Listen, he's trying to say, Listen, whatever it is, you have been placed higher still over these things thrones, powers, rulers, and authority. All things have been created. All things. How many things? We sang about it. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. Why is that so important? Because nothing, nothing undercuts the blood, nothing can come over top of it. Nothing. Listen. I mean, how many times we become stupid because we're dealing with an issue of life and we're not getting the answer we want in Jesus so we go look in somewhere else? Right? Right? Oh, oh what are some of the things you and I, okay, your neighbor, would walk away from Jesus for? Come on, come on, come on. Throw your neighbor under the bus. I'm all good with it. Offense. Oh, I don't ha- that doesn't happen to me, but I've heard of it. I'm offended you'd bring that up. What else? Unforgive? Yeah, but I have a good reason for that. Okay, unforgiveness. Come on. Other pe- Man, I see a theme. <laughs> Yo, let me see. Yo sin. There we go. Yo sin. Listen, I w- listen, there's a reason why we get there a little further. He says he's the head of the body of the church. And I'm like, Jesus, have you seen your church? I would be a b- wonderful believer if it wasn't for your church. All right. So listen, from, okay, so what else? Faith. Beliefs beliefs belief listen it says that the the um the um jesus said to the pharisees he says, you study the scriptures thinking in them you have eternal life <laughs> but the very son of god is standing in front of you, you can't see him but then he also says he says by your traditions you disempower the word of god come on your beliefs. so what else okay seriously okay can we talk about it? how about not your sin how about mine Anybody? Anybody? I'm just going to say this. I'm doing well until I screw up, and then the shame that comes on me, I, sp- I go out and buy some of, of that lava soap, and I try to clean myself up. Who, who's my people? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, it... two of us. Okay, we just need to stop now. We're going to go outside and have a little service. No, anybody here, you're doing well with Jesus and then you begin to shame. Thank you. I see that hand. The security had to come in and tell us that they are are with us. The... um Listen. This is the thing. It's so often for me. I'm just not you. Me. Forget about you. It's all about me. Um, shame is the one that tricks me over and over again. Because I'm doing well in Jesus, and suddenly I do something that doesn't look like Jesus, and then I'm like, oh. Last week, three times on Sunday, things came out of my mouth that didn't sound like Jesus. Not like you know. Not like. Not like Jesus. Like not like Jesus. Anybody had that happen? You're full of love and life, and then you. <laughs> No? And immediately, the shame came in. The enemy was telling me you were not worthy. Blah, 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 blah. And God goes, who made you worthy in the first place? It wasn't your tongue. Repent and get over it. Repent means return to the place where you're seated with him in heavenly places. Not by your own effort, but to remember where you are seated with him in heavenly places. Okay, sin, sin, shame. Uh, can I be, What? Pride. 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 Oh, yes. I can do it on my own. Listen, vulnerability and pride don't go together very well, do they? Uh, What about, I'll I'll just throw one under the bus. How about when I'm doing well until I don't have enough? Money? Anybody? Anybody? And then I'm like, well. All right. Okay. So lack of money. What about, um, what's that? Judgment, judgment, I would never Awesome, judgment Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody sent me a video this week And they were laughing at some church stuff And I said, you're a better believer than me I can't watch that or I will go to such levels of judgment You can't even imagine I was like, I just can't, I just can't I know myself, I'm, I'm a weak And not a, you know, worm and not a man uh, Lack, uh, judgment I would also say, honestly, this is the places Where I've gotten the weirdest, is sickness Anybody done the rain dance? Do you know what I'm talking about? Your like, you know what, oh, these people got saved when they said the Lord's Prayer backwards. How do you do that? Was it in Aramaic? Right? Or whatever the trick is, whatever it is. And and, and we start to is we descend out of this place where he has done it all, and it's now up to you and me to do it. Oh, keep rolling. Verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He keeps saying this because he's like, guys, there is not a situation you or I will face that he has not dealt with on the cross. We've got to settle that once and for all because we will be dumb. Who's been dumb today? Thank you. That's good. You're Go get her early. Get it out of the way. No, but the reality is we will be dumb, and we will forget, and it's got to be this simple. It's him. Moving on. He is the head of the body of the church. We're talking about the beginning of the firstborn of the dead. Listen, if he has conquered death, what is left? What is left? That's the ultimate lack. And even that he filled it with himself. And so that in everything he might have supremacy. If he is over all and I am seated with him in heavenly places, I am in Christ. What is above me? Nothing. All things have been placed under his feet. And I am in him. So where am I going to get resolution? Where am I going to get breakthrough? Where? In Jesus. Moving on. Oh, so this is another passage I love. This is so so good. This is another hit list. What shall separate us from the love of Jesus? Shall trouble? Again, who's my people? You're doing well till people attack you. Church people talk bad about you. Come on. And that gives you a free pass to come off the reservation and go straight to hell. It's not my fault. You started it so I'm taking you to hell with me. Let's do it together, baby. Trouble, that's a union I don't need. Trouble, right? Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, dangerous sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long and are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Why does Paul say that? Because listen, we all have, I call it the, uh, what's the word? Uh, Exclusions, there you go. Sorry, I was off in Russian somewhere. (laughs) Uh, For those of you following along. So we always have these exclusions. Do you know what I'm saying? Like God is good up to this line. And I've said this before. God always, when I go to that place, you don't go, but I go to that place where I'm like, well, you know, this isn't covered under the the, uh, rules and regulations of the contract. You know, I'm outside of the bounds of the gospel. You know, Jesus didn't think of this. Jesus goes, wow, that's so bad tell me more. Is it as bad as Paul in the Philippian jail when he got the flesh ripped off his back and he was laid down in excrement in the deepest dungeon, never thinking he'd get out? Was it that bad? Well, you just ruined my pity party. Come on! Where Paul in that place, drunk on the gospel, he's in this place, begins to worship God because even that place can't impress him. Not even dangerous, nakedness, danger, sword, doesn't matter. Nothing will impress him except Jesus. Moving on, verse 37. So listen, even in all of these things, even in famine, sword, and nakedness, and persecution, we are more than conquerors. Not us, but Christ in us. Why? Through what? He said, through him who loved us. He did it all. For I am convinced that, neither death nor life, that's pretty conclusive, neither angels or demons... sidebar. I know in American Christianity, we have an incredibly well-developed theology of heaven, hell, angels, and demons. And I would submit to you, those are worthless. Because the Bible is incredibly vague about the nature of heaven and the nature of hell. And it doesn't tell us a lot about angels or demons, but it tells us a lot about Jesus. And I intend to focus on what the Bible focuses on, not on trying to figure out how many levels there are in heaven. <laughs> angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to do what? Separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus. And I have heard sermons where like, yes, but there's these things he didn't mention. Shut up. <laughs> the intention of Paul is to say nothing. 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 Listen, when we realize he holds us, he's the one who saved us, he's the one who's rescued us, he is the one that nothing we can do, say that it will separate us from him loving us, then we'll just finally give up and let ourselves be loved all right for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him this is really important we said this before this is something to recognize about the the trinity god is three persons one essence the whole point of the holy spirit is to do what reveal the son and you know the whole point of the son is to show us the father if you see me you've seen the father another thing he says i'm the door Where, where i am the way the way to what the Father. The whole point is not so we stop, at people are like, I'm going to stop at Holy Spirit. I'm kind of a Holy Spirit kind of person. Or that we stop Jesus, but that we make it all the way to the juicy center of the Trinity of God's love and his power. There we are wrapped in. It says we share in his nature. Boom! I don't know what that means. Oh, for God, so to dwell in him, then through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now, I, I had a great, I love our body because we're the kindergarten church, and we're not afraid to ask questions. Why are we not afraid to ask questions? Because get questions get answers. Who's been taught not to ask questions? Uh-huh. Listen, listen, I love questions, and I, I hate Debate. I love. Like, listen, like people want to debate about God. It's like people want to debate with me about Masha. I'll punch their teeth out. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, leave your hands off my beloved. That's the way I feel about God. I'm like, if you want to wrestle with how we can know him more, yes, please. If you want to just be like, so how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Bing! But I love it. And so somebody asked me a question. They said, you seem to be saying that all are saved. It says he reconciled how much to himself? This is actually orthodox theology. For those of you that means for 2,000 years, this is what the church has believed. This is not novel. Jesus paid it all. There is no exception. He paid for it all. But you remember what it says? He doesn't desire that any should perish. His desire is not. But he leaves it for us to open the present and to enjoy it. Listen, you want to sit in the corner on Christmas Day and pick your nose? You may, but I'm opening my presents. Right? Like, listen, it's the difference. The kid who sits in the corner and cries is not having a good day. The one who's opening the presents is having a great day. It's a fundamental difference, but it's all him. He has done it all. Listen, we just get to be the wonderful bearers who say, Paul said it this way, how shall they believe unless someone, unless they hear And how will they hear unless somebody tells them? We get to go, guess what, guess what, guess what? You won the uh, publisher's sweepstakes. You've done it. He's done it all. By making peace through his blood, he gave it all shed on the cross. Listen, if at any point you feel that you're separated from the love of God, any point you feel like God is against you, if you ever feel like that, it's a lie. And you can't resolve a lie. Moving on. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in, where? It's all in your head. It always has been. As we talked about last week, he pursued us out of the garden. We said, no, we'll do it on our own. he goes, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Cain's like, I killed my brother. He said, uh-huh, you want to talk about it? Like, he's pursuing us because of our evil behavior, that shame thing I was talking about. Verse 22. But now he has what? Reconciles you by Christ's physical body That's so important because he has invaded this physical realm. It's not some theoretical, spiritual, you know, salvation. It is actual, fundamental, and real. Through death to present you what? Holy in his sight. Some of you are triggered. Without blemish. Free from accusation. Verse 23. If you continue in faith, trusting in him, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel... I just put the ball on the tee. <laughs> I just say, "Gird yourselves. You ain't ready." <laughs>
1: <sighs> you all. I feel like me and so many of us have been so confused for so long because we've been taught that we are like this mutant, half sinner and half saint, right? So that we are this. Um, you know, that there is this bad dog and good dog, that there is good part of us and this bad part, and that we, they're constantly battling, right? And, so, and because of it, our, the Christian life is very complicated, right? You have to, like, constantly fix yourself, clean, up, clean yourself up, you know, just do all this stuff. And I really do not see Paul saying that. I really feel like he's going straight against it and he's saying that you are holy right and i feel like as long as we have this confusion that we're in both places at once we will in this kingdom of faith everything is by our faith and if i still believe that i part of me is a sinner i will be but if I start believing and wrapping my mind and receiving the truth that I am holy, well, guess what? Holiness is going to start effortlessly flowing from my, from my life.
0: Holiness is simply this. It means separated and where you, your character is a representation of his character. It's because you are seated with him in heavenly places that out of you flows God's power and life and nature and character.
1: See how insane it is to think that a sinner can be seated up here. That's simply not true. That's impossible. You cannot be seated in heaven and be a sinner. You have to come into this other system where it's not from your works, but it's from what Jesus has done. How much you participated in the fall of Adam... I wasn't there. I wasn't there, right? But yet, you inherited your sinful nature from that one action of those two people. Ninka poops, yes. In the (laughs) garden. Thousands and thousands years ago. What if action of one man hanging on a tree changed your nature once again?
0: Romans 5.
1: What if... Right? Just, just entertain this idea. What if your nature has been completely changed and you can step into it? What if you are holy? <laughs> holy and happy, Jesus told me. Masha, what would it happen like if you had a holy and happy group of people to lead? <laughs> that would be like a different ball game. I feel like we're starting to experience it, right? Holy and happy, Right? But- well, happy not from circumstance right they're happy from sitting in jail yeah. and still like he like you know he's he talks to me like you're gonna be happy even being martyred right because it's from the internal reality let, it comes from the internal reality It does not come from circumstances. let me back this
0: up some of you are so offended you can't see straight so let me help you out <laughs> As a young believer, I read a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. You actually can't get usually the unabridged. I had the unabridged one that my dog chewed off. Um, I found out was worth $120 at, from the library. But anyway, um, but I read this book and I was I was obsessed with it. The fascinating thing they say about these martyrs is they were full of joy. Thomas Ridley and uh, Cranston. Uh, the uh, Oh, gosh, what is the name? The, the translators of the uh, Tyndale and Ridley, they were chied at the stake for, um, to be burned alive because they had translated the Bible into English. And do you know what they did? Is it was raining that day, and they couldn't get the fire started, so they were just being slow-roasted. And they were like, and you know what? And Tyndale said, oh, 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 Ridley, what a fire we shall set ablaze in England today. Ha, ha, ha. They began to have a hymn service. They were singing, ticked off the people so badly. They started pouring, I think as I recall, pitch onto the, they're trying to get the fire going. And the whole way long they sang full of joy. <laughs> Barbara was a 20 year old who her own father was so offended at her becoming a Christian. He thought if she was persecuted, she would recant. This was in this was in uh, in Tunisia, the area of Tunisia today, in Carthage, and she went to the lions, singing, dancing, praising God.
1: So we had an experience like that, right? I don't know if you all remember. A couple of years ago, we were robbed here at the rise. <laughs>
0: several thousand dollars worth
1: we show up and this incredible joy hits us and we're rolling on the floor laughing and Brian and Emily show up and they're just like what are you guys doing (laughs) there's like glass everywhere and we're just like losing
0: it and we still haven't (laughs) seen how much they stole we're just laughing we're just because he's so good listen your life is hidden with Christ in God they can't touch it They can't touch it. Listen, listen. So let me back this up because some of you are still hung up. You haven't heard a thing we said because you're already worried about being holy and happy. That's already messed you up. Let me give you some evidence. Do you know what holiness looks like? It looks like this. No, holiness. We've been told what God is. What kind of spirit do we serve? The Holy Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit look like? I think it looks like joy. I think it looks like love. I think it looks like peace. This is holiness. (laughs) That you sit in the middle of excrement, down and beaten, rejected, slandered, and you're like, (laughs) joy. Anybody want that? What if every time the enemy came to you, we were sitting, uh, you know, we were, we, uh, we were on vacation uh, in Mexico and we were coming back and we had to take a COVID test and, uh, and I'm waiting for the results and I'm like, oh, oh, well, should I prepare to be quarantined for 14 days? What if they only take Danya? Oh my gosh. And God goes, or you could prepare to be having a great time for the last couple days on vacation. I'm like, oh, I like that. <laughs> Suddenly, no fear, no anything everything. So often the enemy comes with a bad report as a offering, an invitation. Would you like to partner with me? What would you like to have faith for? Would you like to have faith for sickness or for health? Would you like to have faith for provision? It's not faith, like I have faith for provision. It's faith in a provider. It's not faith for health. It's faith in a healer. It's trust. Ah! So this. Oh.
1: can I share one more thing? Oh, whack <laughs> So I really felt like the Lord um, told me, He's like, what if you got the storyline mixed up? What if you are. hmm? The timeline? The timeline, yeah, the timeline mixed up. It's like, okay. He said, you know, I always was taught and like perceived that um, like we are a fiance. What is the word fiance? Fiance of Jesus, you know, waiting to be married. Um, Okay. Um, At what point of the wedding is the blood spilled?
0: If you guys remember, in the Jewish, they they have the ceremony and they create a hoopah Looking at age range. Um, And what they do is they consummate the marriage in the middle of everybody, not a little weird, and they throw a sheet with the blood spilt. Now, the thing about it, the hymen, do you want to know something about the hymen? It's one of the only parts of the body that don't heal. Yeah. It's once for all. Just as circumcision is once for all. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Can I get an amen, man? <laughs> you know, did you this morning? Oh, I forgot. So. No. In, the blood goes over at the moment of consummation. That's when the wedding feast begins. When was the blood shed? On the cross. When did the feast begin? On the, at the moment of the cross.
1: So what if? I I see people's minds being blown, right? (laughs) So what if that was the consummation? It says we became one with Jesus. Right? Okay, think about it for a minute.
0: Now, I want to say something, though. (laughs) The joy of oneness, as I can speak to, is that you will spend the rest of eternity unpacking how awesome it is. Just because you're one doesn't mean you comprehend it. Now, you women understood it a little more than us men, but most of us men were like, we're (laughs) one? Really? We are unpacking that oneness, but that doesn't mean we're not one.
1: So we're one, the feast has begun. The feast has begun. So he said, what if right now is the time when the father is inviting both the prodigals and the older brother from the fields to come and feast. The lamb has been slaughtered. Come and feast. Come, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Right? So all we get to do is just keep inviting people to this feast. Come on. That's already been laid. I, I don't know. My mind was blown. It's like he's not just sending us out into the, to work in the fields. Or to save people. Or to save people or to drag them against their will. It's The feast is there. And we get to invite the older brother, the religious, right? And the younger brother, the prodigal, both. Come on. It's, there, it's going to be their choice whether they want to come in or not. But it's the feast time. <laughs> come it's <on>. a party. <laughs>
0: Come on.
1: <laughs> that's, that's why we're happy and holy. We're already at the party. We're one with Jesus. One Come on. with Jesus. Come
0: on. <laughs> Come on. This is something that you and I have got to grasp. These two kingdoms are simply this. This kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son he loves, is 100% empowered and, and powered by God. This kingdom of darkness, of lack, is powered by you and me. And This kingdom is 100% empowered. That's why it's fruit. You ever seen a tree of its own? You ever seen a tree in the middle of a cave? No. It's, it, it, the sun empowers it to automatically produce fruit. This is fully empowered by God. This is empowered by us. It shouldn't be too complicated to figure out which... Let me give you an example. I've got a lamp. If the lamp is powered by itself, you ever had one of those lamps like in college that had a plug in the base? You ever plug it into itself just for fun? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it had a little place to plug something else into it? You plug it into itself. How much will that lamp light up the room? Now, I need to resolve this somehow. Maybe if I get it to reflect some light. Or maybe if I paint it yellow, people won't notice it's not shining. This is what happens when we attempt to, by our own effort, resolve something down here. It's, we're, we're like plugging it into itself, like, come on! Maybe if I rub the edges of the, the plug, right? Give it a little... But what happens if I just plug it into the wall? Plug it into the power source of heaven? Effortlessly, what it was always designed to do, it will do. And so if you and I are experiencing this, the answer is not try harder... The answer is, we're in the wrong place. We need to go, Papa, I made a boo-boo. Papa, you know, we have this thing at our house, you can make a big a mess, as you can clean up, with help, right? Like tag me in, and the minute I invite him in, guess what, everything changes, everything changes. And so the biggest thing, again, childlike, is first recognize what kind of fruit is in our lives. If it's happy and holy, if it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, we know where we are. But if it's this, I am loving you, where might you be? If you and I, by our own efforts, are trying to resolve all of this, where might we be? But if we take all this and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, I can't, like, I never thought you could. I never thought you could. In that moment, you and I pass from death to life. It is either all done or it's not. And you and I have to finally, fully, completely write it on our eyeballs because we forget. But the minute we remember, we can come back and start all over. Woo, if the worship team can come up, come on. Isn't that good news? This is, listen, I will tell you, I've said this before I've said this before, that the gospel has got to be intelligible to a child. Just in the same way that every child knows what love feels like when they're being loved, but they may not be able to explain it. The gospel should be that obvious. We could stand. Papa, I thank you that whether we are awash in the goodness of your love and just lit up like a lamp, or we are dumber than a box of rocks and darker than at midnight, you, Lord, will light us up in an instant. The minute we say, I can't, Lord. I want your life in place of mine. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't climb the 7,000 levels up. I want you. I want your life. I want you. I want you. I
1: want you. I want you. Let's worship.